Good afternoon. It is good to see each of you. If you are a guest, and we have several guests this afternoon, we are so thankful that you're with us. Uh, welcome to Friends Day. It encourages us the fact that uh, you would take the time out of your schedule and, and join in with us this afternoon in worship. And we look forward to, after this time together, going down to Charlie Daniels Park and enjoying uh, a hot dog together and then children will have a lot of activities and blow up toys and, and all that kind of thing as well as some cornhole. We have some pretty serious tournaments around here of cornhole and uh, other things that uh, we can all enjoy together. Uh, there will be some if you choose to walk uh, for the couple of miles down to the park and enjoy a Sunday afternoon stroll. There will be shuttles that will bring you back to your vehicle uh, whenever you get ready to leave the park uh, throughout the rest of the afternoon and evening. And so we look forward to that time together. And again, thank you for being with us. Let me go ahead and just say right now, if, if anything that, that we say or do that provokes curiosity or questions in your mind as a guest, and you'd like to know more about us, more about uh, anything spiritual, please know that it, it would be an honor for us to sit down and, and just have open dialogue. If there, if there are things that you're like, I've never seen that before. I wonder why it's this way. Uh, we'd love to talk with you. Our, our simple plea it's to be a part of the church that we read about in the New Testament. And uh, we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Uh, we believe that He loves the entire world and they died on the cross and that that's a gift that we either choose to receive or reject. And, and we believe that Jesus is coming back again and uh, that, that those that have received Christ and submitted their life to Him, uh, that He is taking those that are part of His kingdom uh, to live with him for an eternity in heaven. And, uh, and so to us, uh, we believe that those are very, very important uh, aspects of our faith. And if any of that uh, interests you, and we hope it does, uh, we would love to talk more with you about any of that. Here we are in a society of selfies. How many of you, how many of you take selfies? Don't be ashamed, raise your hand. How many of you take selfies? Okay, I, I see a lot of hands. I see younger, I see older. Uh, it, it, a while back, it was said that at least one million selfies are taken a day. And if we're talking about around the world, that has to be so underestimated. Now I can only imagine maybe a hundred I don't know how many million. It would be millions and millions that, that would be taken a day. There's a lot of people that take a selfie every day. And, uh, and there's a pretty good percentage of the culture that takes a selfie every week. And so when we think about how many selfies are taken, isn't it interesting that in 2002 was the first time that the word selfie was used. It was an Australian online open forum and someone used the term selfie. And that was just in 2002. Uh, it didn't take off immediately, but by 2013, it mushroomed. And so in the last two years, as a matter of fact, Oxford Dictionary said in 2013, that was their word of the year. That was the word that grew in usage and, and simply a word that was recognized more than any other new word in our vocabulary. So what I'd like to do is just, there, there might be two people in this room. There might be three that do not know what a selfie is. And so uh, I've never taken a selfie in my life. Uh, I figure when you don't have much to work with, give yourself to doing something better than that. And so, uh, so I... I 
Michaela was sweet enough to let me borrow a, a selfie stick here, and I'm trying to figure out how this works. She set it all up for me. And uh, I read a lot this week about selfies. I mean, I've learned a lot. You need to take selfies with the angle above so that you get rid of the double chin. You, you, need, to, you need to as you... I can't find myself in here. Wait, I've got to flip it. That, that's another thing I learned. That unless I'm sure now as popular as selfies are, they're changing this, but at least in recent times, the, when the phone, the camera is facing you, like right now I'm looking at myself, it's not as high quality. So people that are serious about selfies, they still flip the phone back where they can't see themselves because that's still on phones, or at least until recently, that was the highest quality picture. I'm telling you, I've learned a lot. You need to see which angle is better. You know, if like my receding hairline, this would be a better angle for me. And, and so, all right, what I'd like to do is I would like to, uh, I'd like to take my first selfie and uh, trying to see which one of y'all look best in the background. <laughs> if this is my first one, I want it to be a good one. That right there, wow. Okay, I think I've gotten rid of the double chin. Here we go. All right, we'll go ahead and get one this angle too. All right, and that, and that right there, ladies and gentlemen, that's a selfie. And uh, you know, it's, it's interesting when we think about the things that, that individuals do to take selfies. Uh, there are a lot of extreme selfies that are being taken today here on this next slide. Uh, we see uh, three teenagers, uh, maybe even young 20s, on the top of one of the tallest buildings in Asia. And, uh, and then they're on top of the antenna on that building. And uh, that's done with a selfie stick there. And if you go online, there's some of that that's actually in movement. And it'll almost make you sick looking at it. Uh, but, but as we, we look at that, we realize that... Uh, you know, kids, what are, what are they doing? What are we going to do with this generation that's gone wild with selfies? As a matter of fact, because of kids like the 43-year-old woman who uh, in, in um, Yellowstone State Park, on this next slide we see uh, it's really become a serious problem. This is, this is true. It's just released. They released a statement just in the last few weeks in the Yellowstone State Park. There's a public bulletin that's gone out urging Stop taking selfies with the bison. Uh, the the 4,000 bison there in the park, uh, already lately five people have been gored in the back because they back up close to the bison to get their picture made and, and the bison, I guess, don't like getting selfies made. And so fortunately, the 43-year-old woman, which was one of the last ones, fortunately, her little girl that was standing beside her was not injured in that accident. And can you believe this? True story in Russia. This next uh, page, that this is an actual guidelines of how to not take selfies that was just released as an official guideline just recently because so many people in Russia are being injured because of selfies. As a matter of fact, many of you have read about selfies this week because the journalist uh, really hit upon something that really struck a chord with America this week. Now, the sad part of the story is that, that another young person really got wrapped up in selfies this past week. Uh, this young person was 62 years old and was seeing the Taj Mahal and, uh, and they fell while making their selfie and they died. And so, so a journalist really started doing some research on this and, and what they figured out, and this really caught America's attention, is that there are more selfie deaths right now in a year than there are shark attack deaths, several more. 
And so, you know, a lot of people are really fearful about the danger of shark attacks when selfies uh, supposedly around the world are much more dangerous at this time. Now, when we skip forward a couple of slides, we see that uh, the, the next slide we see, let me just show you quickly some people. Uh, here's, a, here's a man that it's really a combination of three things you should never mix together. You should never mix together a smartphone, alcohol, and a loaded 45. Because when, when you take a drunk man that decides to put uh, his gun in one hand for a selfie and his smartphone in the other hand and he uses the wrong finger, uh, and, and so he's no longer alive. Uh, and, and when we see this next 17-year-old daredevil, uh, she just wanted a selfie from a high place, but she's not alive. Or when we see this next man that was 32 years old, he just wanted to run with the bulls in Spain. And he was doing a good job running with the bulls until he decided that he wanted to get a selfie as one of them was close to him. Well, what he didn't notice was the one that he didn't see close to him uh, that gored him to death. Or from this uh, cliff in Portugal, Portugal, uh, this couple backed up, husband and wife, they back up to the edge to get their selfie and they keep adjusting until they both back completely off of the cliff and they died. And the sad thing not only was their death, but also the sad thing was that uh, their five and six-year-old children were watching them take that selfie. It's really kind of weird when you think about all the different dynamics of this discussion about something that is relatively new. You know, if, if you went back 15 years ago and you told the world that, hey, there's going to be this, this practice that's going to become just a daily practice of taking pictures of yourself. And, you know, there'd be people who'd be like, that's never going to catch on. Yeah, the Pope has taken selfies. The president has taken selfies. Most celebrities have taken selfies and most common people have taken selfies. I've, I've taken a selfie. And, and so when, when we think about what, what, what do we do with this? Well, the Bible doesn't say anything about selfies. It doesn't say that they're good or that they're bad. Uh, but what we need to realize is that if there's a narcissistic behavior involved in that, where one is promoting themselves and higher than what they ought, well, then definitely it's a bad thing. But, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing in the sense that someone enjoys taking a picture and from time to time the picture uh, would include themselves. But for this afternoon, I invite you to turn to Matthew, the 16th chapter. I'd like for us to think together about there are so many times that scriptures talk about self. And so we're not going to try to cover like a long list of scripture that would talk about self. But what I'd like to do is just link three things together in our mind. And as, as we study this together, we're going to read, especially in verse 24 of Matthew, the 16th chapter of what Jesus said to Peter about self. And really, he, he wasn't talking just to Peter at this time. He was also talking to uh, the apostles at this time. But at the beginning of this, in 21, we see that, now think about, they were following Jesus, and they understood that Jesus was going to start a kingdom. And so you can imagine that probably the closest apostles were just doing some logical thinking and thinking, wow, so if he's going to be the king of a kingdom, and we are his closest followers. He has chosen us into this office of apostleship. Wow, that's going to make us like, like second, third, fourth, down to 12th and 13th in charge of this kingdom. This is going to be great. And then Jesus starts his last trip to Jerusalem before he's crucified. And, and as he starts thinking about Jerusalem, he starts telling them, I'm going to go there to suffer, to be rejected, and to die. 
You know, when, when you read Peter saying, Lord, Lord, we're not going to let this happen to you. You know, there's one hand that probably what Peter was thinking was, I'm a good friend of yours and I love you and, and I'm going to do anything I can do to stop you from dying. But you know, there could be just a little bit of something else tucked in that. It's like, wait a minute. I thought we were establishing a kingdom on earth. And I thought you were going to be the king. And I thought I was going to be really high up in this kingdom. Trust me, we're not going to let you die. I don't want to lose this position that I'm vying for right here. And that's where he corrects him by saying in verse 23, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If we are going to be what God calls us to be, instead of living a life where we believe that, that we are the one upon the pedestal, we, we are the one that we're in the middle of the universe and everybody needs to recognize that and everybody needs to see that and, and God knows that and everything that God does is, is for me. I'm up on this pedestal and listen to something very important here. If we understand things correctly, the Lord is the one high and lifted up. And everything that we are is in submission to his authority. He is the king who reigns. And we submit to him. And that's what is meant by this language. If anyone is going to follow Jesus, let him deny himself. So instead of, you know, when you think about the very idea of a selfie picture, most of the time, the very focus of a selfie picture is self. You know, it's kind of like when someone goes to an ancient ruin and, and there's this, you know, one of the, the seven wonders of the world or here's an ancient Colosseum and, it, and it's just amazing to think. And, and somebody stands in front of it and takes a selfie and you see a blurred column just off to the edge and the rest of it's them. You know, you're like, wow, you had an opportunity to show this magnificent place, like going to the Niagara Falls and, and, and taking a selfie where you might catch a little glimpse of a falls over there and, and the rest. Here's what we don't want to do. When it comes to living life, we don't want to live life where we're the selfie. And Christ is, if you look carefully, he's right back here. He's a little bit blurred, but he, he's in the selfie. In life, in life, he is front and center. And everything we are and everything we do, we surrender to his will. As I told you, I read a lot of things this past week about selfies. And, and there is a, uh, there's a preacher, I don't, I don't agree with everything about his doctrine, but uh, I, I read a sermon of his this week about selfies. And, and um, his name's John Piper. And he, um, he just used this in, in the sermon. He said, one night I got home from worship service and I, I saw a social media post by one of our teenagers. And he said, um, he said it, it, it read something like this. An awesome night of worship tonight. God was definitely there. It was the most intense, beautiful period of worship I've ever been a part of in my life. 
And he says, wow, I thought, and he said, I clicked on that to see what that was all about. And he said, then the picture that was posted with that statement was of a teenager standing in front. Adults could do this too. I'm not picking on you as teenagers. It's just, this is story told. And, and uh, it, was a, it was a teenager standing in front of a mirror with an iPhone making the duck face, which I've also learned this week. That's a very common selfie. And, uh, and, and so, you know, and, and, and he, just, he just went on to talk about how, isn't that interesting that the verbiage was all about worshiping God and the nonverbal verbiage was all about self. Like what would cause someone to want to post a picture of themselves when they talk about how awesome worship was tonight. And, and he just said, he said, that really is a conflict of us. And I would say it's not just in 21st century. That's been the conflict of mankind since the beginning of time. It's how wonderful it is to focus on God, but how hard it is because we let ourselves get in the way. And so first of all, as we think about what does God say about self? One thing that he would say is deny self, not because you're not important, not because you're not valuable, but he's talking about denying self in the sense of you can only have one who is front and center in your life. You can't serve two masters. And so you could either try to put yourself there or you could say, you know what? I'm going to put God there and I'm not going to let God teach me. I'm going to let God lead me. I'm going to surrender him and everything. Turn with me, if you will, now to 2 Corinthians, and I'd like for you to look at the 10th chapter. And as you look at 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, I'd like for you to consider a second selfie, and that is don't compare self. In the 12th verse, he's doing a lot of talk here about his authority as an apostle. And some in Corinth were doubting his authority as apostle. And so he, he uses the word self here uh, several times in this one reading. Notice how he says in verse 12, for we dare not, I'm in, I'm in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter and verse 12. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. He had a lot to say about selfies there, didn't he? And, and so what he's saying is, he says, I know that you have some false apostles going around Corinth. And what they're constantly doing is saying, look at us, look how great we are. And he says, listen, as a true apostle, don't compare me to the people that go around comparing themselves to each other. Well, who are we going to compare ourselves to? If we don't compare ourselves to each other, where do we look? And what we do is we compare ourselves to Jesus. He's a good example. As a matter of fact, he's the best example we have. He's the perfect example. So what about if tomorrow you got up and you said, you know what, in every decision I make today, I'm going to stop and compare myself to Jesus and say, how would Jesus handle this? And so instead of comparing and thinking, how would my friend handle this? How would my parents handle this? Uh, I, I know this good person over here. How would they handle that? There's no reason to look left and right. Tomorrow, when you live with your family, ask yourself, how would Jesus live with my family? When you go to work or school, how would Jesus live where I work 
where I go to school. How would Jesus deal with my neighbors? And then when we do that, we also see a comparison of ourselves. Because you know what we're regularly going to do? We're going to compare ourselves to the Lord and we're going to regularly say, wow, I wouldn't do it that way. But because of the first self, deny self, we'll say, you know what? I wouldn't do it that way by my nature, but because I want to be a follower of Jesus, I've denied self. And now I want to follow him. Let's look at a, another and a last selfie. Go over just a couple of pages in your Bible. Go over, still in 2 Corinthians, go to the 13th chapter. And I'd like for you to notice in 2 Corinthians 13th chapter, verse 5. As we look at this, I'd like for you to think about the simple plea that he gives us to examine ourselves. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves? that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? Notice the first was examine yourself, then it was test yourself. And what are we examining for? He says to see if you're in the faith. And what are we testing for? To see if Jesus Christ is in you. Hebrews tells us that in chapter and verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we say, okay, I need to have faith, but what faith? Well, we, we learn that when we follow the scriptures, that there is a system of belief. That's the faith. If you examine yourself right now and say, you know what, I'm going to read the scriptures. And every time I read scripture, I'm going to pause and say, now, let me examine. Am I obeying that? In other words, as beautiful as it is to read and learn scripture, the scriptures were never given to us for just an academic exercise. I want to encourage you to read the scriptures every day, but every time you read the scriptures, stop and examine yourself. Okay, this is what the scripture is saying. Now, how can I apply that to myself? Let me test myself. Am I living by this faith? Am I living so that Christ is in me? It's so important to make sure of things. Think how many times in our life we, we think about something that's really important and we say, no, we need to make sure we're making the right decision. Or you know what? We, we, need to, we need to slow down here and we need to double check. Is there anything more important than our relationship with Christ? Are you in Christ? Are you a part of the faith? That's where Paul writes and says, examine yourself. There's so many scriptures that the Lord gives us about ourselves because ultimately you and I have a great responsibility. Are you listening to this simple statement? Nobody else can live your life. You are responsible for yourself. Nobody else can deny self for you. Nobody else can make sure you don't compare yourselves to others and instead compare yourself to the Lord. You're, you're the only one that can do that. No one else can examine yourself and your heart for you. You're the only one. And so it's so important that we realize that as much as God loves us and, and, the, and he's done everything that he can do to still leave us as people of choice. He could have made us robots, but he chose not to. He made us people of choice. And so because of that, we can choose him or we can reject him. Many of you are, are probably familiar with Kid President. The Kid President is, has a good mom and dad. They are faithful Christians and, and uh, he's just a good young man and, and his handler is a faithful Christian. 
And Kid President in one of his videos, uh, of course it's funny because that kid is really funny, but toward the end of one of his videos, he says, what we need is we need fewer selfies and more peopleies. And go to the next slide there. And, uh, and you know, tonight, this afternoon, as we close, I just want to encourage you to examine yourself and see the need to think out of yourself. See the need to make sure first that you're thinking toward Christ, denying self, that we're not comparing ourselves to each other but to Christ and examining ourselves to see if we're in the faith, are we in Christ? But what Christ is going to help us to do, He's going to help us then to see the worth and the value of others. And really that's one reason why we have Friends Day today. And we love you. Uh, We thank you for being here today. And so whether you're a member here or if you're a friend visiting here today, Let's all leave here thinking about a self that is in full submission to our creator of self. Is there anything we can do to help you take steps closer to God? If there is something that we can do to help you at this very moment, maybe you've been studying and you know that you want to be baptized into Christ because you're a believer, you're willing to repent of sins, you're willing to confess Jesus, and and you want to be baptized into Christ, we would be honored. What a a, a way to, to involve a great activity today on this great day. Maybe you have begun your journey with the Lord already and, and you've lost your way. And... Today's a day you want to come back. And if we can pray with you and for you, we would be honored to do that. And as I said at the beginning, if, if you just have a lot of questions, we'd love to sit down and simply open God's holy word to try to promote God. We live in a world that seems to be doing a pretty good job of promoting self. That's not new. That's been going on a lot longer than the iPhone. But tonight, it's just a plea to say, let's promote Christ. And not just all out there. Let's start right inside our own heart and our own life. Is there anything you need to do to promote Christ in your life? If we can help you, come as we stand as we sing.